Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out localjobnetwork.com radio. You've tuned in to Employment Notebook, where we speak with expert guests on a variety of topics related to employment and the workplace. That would clearly include culture and the impact that may play on an organization. Today, we're taking a look at some signs that a workplace might have a culture problem and what those signs mean exactly. Joining LJN Radio today is Martha Highfield. She's from the creative agency called Possible. Martha is the president of their Seattle office, which is one of over 25 across the globe. Martha, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on as well and for taking some time here with us. And of course, the topic of culture, I'm sure everybody listening knows it's a hot button subject. When you hear that term culture, when your organization talks about it, though, what what does that mean to you exactly? How would you define it? Right. It's a great question because I think so many, uh, often it's what, or it's unique to each individual. And I think what is important in a culture is a place that you have a common mission, set of values, the way you work, accountability and expectations with each other. That is when people thrive. And for us, why it's such an important aspect is that, you know, clients come to us because of our people. That's our number Mm -hmm. one asset is, you know, the great ideas that we come up with to campaigns or executing flawlessly on that. And so that's why we put so much emphasis on culture, because we want a place. And personally, I want to create a place where people thrive and grow personally and professionally and are here for a long time. And in return, that is a benefit to the client and the work product of what we produce. Well, clearly, as you brought up there too, a lot of people see it as being so important and a a huge factor in success with an organization. Do you think it's starting to get overvalued in any way or people are using that as an excuse one way or another? Or I guess, how would you take that phrasing? Yeah. You know, I personally don't think it's getting overvalued. I mean, we spend, what, a third of our lives That's true. at the office or, you know, your place of employment. And so I think you want it to be something that you personally connect and relate with. That's such an important piece. I know for us, you know, also we try to focus on making sure that people can stay here and thrive for a long time so that our attrition is low and and we're well below industry average and standards. But if someone's out looking for a job, I think you got to think about what's most important to you. And then when you go into that interview, look for those ask scenario-based questions that you get out of how the company works and what's it like to be in there, you know, day in and day out. I know for us, when we still do employee shop surveys several times a year, that's ranked in the top three, you know, is right. people and culture. And so that's why I think, I don't think it's overstated. I think it's a fair point, especially as you mentioned, uh, the amount of time, of course, we are spending with our coworkers and in those organizations. So I think, uh, I think you make a good point there. Let's touch on some of these potential signs of a culture problem. Um, these are actually based off of a, a colleague of yours who um, wrote an article talking about some of these points and what they might mean and, and why they matter in certain instances. One that stood out to me uh, first and foremost was the idea that if the place looks like, quote unquote, a dump or it looks unkempt a little bit, why does that say that's a bad sign? Why is that uh, an issue possibly if you're talking about culture? And actually, he's my boss, so maybe if I say something, (laughs) I might get in trouble (laughs) or if I disagree with one of his points. Make sure you agree with all of his points. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't, by the way. Um, No, I think it's why it's important because it does show signs of taking care of the place. I mean, of course, People work hard and an environment can get, but I think when you go into it for your interview as an example, or when you go into a place that you might be doing business with, you can get a pretty good sense of the vibe, not only the energy, but the way it does look. Are they taken care of? Is it a nice office lobby or are you welcomed when you come in? Things like that, that we take really pride on. Of course, we're in a professional service business, so that's important to us. Mm -hmm. But I think in any place, even if you're at a retail going shopping, you know, at a store, you expect it to look nice and clean and have, you know, to the point in his article clean lines. Um, so it doesn't look like a dump. 
Another uh, one that I think often pops up, a lot of people think of sort of the new age having fun at the office is the idea of that ping pong table or something like that. And that being such a focus for a lot of individuals in the office. Is that okay that everyone gets excited about that? Is that a sign that, uh, I don't know, they're pushing it too much? Or what do you take when you see or hear something like that? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think it's a fine balance because it reminds me a little bit of the dot-com days where that was such an emphasis at that time years back. You know, ironically, there's some of our offices do have ping pong tables. (laughs) So I know that caused a little stir um, within some of even our offices, right? But that's all what I think as marketers and even radio, right? It's to have a provocative discussion, which is why he, I think, put it out there like that. Sure. I mean, ironically, we have a foosball table. I don't think anybody uses it here, (laughs) but it's not something we lead with as far as defining our culture. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really what he meant by that. Yes, other offices do. And that it's a nice to take a break. I mean, we've got an Xbox where where people do take a break and go play. I guess maybe that could be an equivalent example in today's world. I think it's just the balance of how much you emphasize that versus more importantly, it's about taking a break when you need a mental break. Right. Well, as you brought up there, you don't want to, in essence, you really probably don't want to see an organization lead with that recreational aspect of it. So what would you say would be a good area to lead with if you're talking about one's culture? Maybe you're showing a, a new employee or a candidate about the culture of your organization. Yeah, I think asking, you know, if as an interviewee, but even as a company expressing what do you do or how do you be life friendly? Mm-hmm. I think those are things that, you know, to the point about work-life balance, which even balance, I've stopped using that word because I think in certain, uh, many times there's never a perfect 50-50 balance, which balance makes it sound like that, Sure. versus saying work-life fit or work-life integration. And I think those are things that I'd rather have, you know, we lead with in our interviews or if someone's trying to assess, is this a good fit for them? They're asking those questions. There was a great article recently in New York Times around this same point around why people hate work. And then, you know, obviously flip, I love what I do. I love the environment I'm in. And that the importance of being satisfied and productive turns out when four key needs are met. One, obviously, is physical. Can you recharge, renew? Two is emotional, you know, by feeling valued and appreciated. Three, of course, is the mental side to it of, you know, can you get you to your task and are they defined and you have a way of getting the work done? And then they mentioned the fourth is a spiritual kind of what you do. You love what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, do you enjoy it? Do you have fun? And feeling connected to that higher purpose, which again, I think is the vision of what you're selectively about. Right. Let's go back. You touched on the idea of work-life fit or integration or balance, of course, being the uh, original term, most likely. Is it a bad sign because it was raised as a a possible issue if people are constantly working after the quote unquote five o'clock hour or there doesn't seem to be that, that balance in some way? Is that in some cases a bad sign for a company's culture? I think it can be. I mean, I know every place is different here in this office. We have a flexible work environment. Okay. So I care more about what time I, you know, or I should say more that you're getting the job done mm-hmm. and less about what time in the office or what time do you leave? You know, we know life happens. There's big events outside of work that have, you know, you need to sometimes deal with. And so I know that people are often at home and sometimes they work and sometimes they're here and they need to do a personal errand. So I guess that's a sign if everyone's heads down and not having fun at five or six o'clock. I also know some offices, you know, while yes, our front desk is open eight to five, we have some creatives, as an example, that come in at nine (laughs) (laughs) and they stay later. And so I think to each its own and, you know, thankfully we have a place that we've said, um, we're going to treat you as adults and in return, be there for your team and your clients. So I think depending on the environment, you know, I know there are some offices though that want you in your seat at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. And so I think that's where it's, I think it was a statement around it's five o'clock and it's everyone heads down there's times you got to do that. And then there's times where it's 
sunny and 75 and you know what you should get out and go enjoy life and that's why i'm sensing sort of a theme with a lot of things you're bringing up is sort of personal accountability understanding that life happens do you see that as being uh, i don't know maybe the key to really unleashing the production value of everybody who's working yeah absolutely now, there was another interesting term that was brought up, and it, it sounds funny, and it might be kind of one of those things where you don't know how to describe it, but you just know it when you see it or you feel it or you hear it. And it, it was the term or the phrase that said, it just seems weird. That just something something feels <laughs> off there. Uh, I don't know. Is that something you've experienced, you've talked with, with other organizations that, you know, you walk in, it's just like, I don't know, something's off. I mean, how do you how do you describe that? How, do you, how would you go about maybe helping someone understand that? Yeah, it's a great, great point, right? Because to eat its own. <laughs> Um, you know, beauty is the eye of the beholder. Right. What my I classify as weird is probably something that maybe you wouldn't think <laughs> of such. So I do think there's a there's a general sense, and you could maybe say it's intuition or gut that when you meet people, if they're consistently, you know, the entire interview team is happy and you know does talk about the goodness that's happening and how they've grown in their career or what they're really excited about from a work perspective, or maybe it is the ping pong table or whatever. <laughs> um, but if they're all just stressed or I think to the point around bored or frustrated, I think that's a sign that you got to take, you know, and of course we all have our bad days or moments, but if there's a general census consistent, hopefully you can assess whether that's good or bad and then figure that out. Sure. And if it's the right fit for you. And that is important that you've mentioned a few times now that of course every organization's different and their, you know, their culture is going to be different depending on possibly what, what they offer up as far as services and, and product, that sort of thing. Right. But I do appreciate you trying to sort of bring it all together and, and give us an umbrella discussion on it because I know it is difficult sometimes to wrap it all into one. Uh, another interesting aspect that was brought up was the idea of, of the leaders having offices while everyone else being sort of in cubicles maybe or, or maybe kind of that open idea um, as far as the, the floor plan goes. Do you, do you see that as being a concern in some way? Do you see it as necessary at times? Or how do you view the, the whole dynamic between offices versus the quote unquote general employee public? Right. I definitely have seen more and more companies skew to open environments mm-hmm. in some of our clients over the last couple of years. And I think there is a general way to create this open environment that expresses and hopefully gets collaboration in our business. That's a key critical piece, sure. not only with each other, team members, but our clients, obviously. You know, on the flip side, sometimes people can, it is something to get used to because if you have, especially right for HR or even myself, there are times I have to go into a conference room and thankfully there's one near my desk that I have. I can do that. But I, it's not just the environment. I think what's also really important is the people you hire and the mindset they have, right? It's, it's one thing to have an open environment, but if you don't have people that are collaborative and want to work with each other and the, understand the importance of a la- relationship, I'm not sure that's going to make a difference just because you don't have cubicles mm-hmm. and you're all sitting at one table. Right. I think both are important. When it comes to that collaboration piece, and of course, it's another aspect that is brought up all the time. When it comes to culture there, how do you view a little bit of conflict or you know, clashing of ideas as far as being good or bad when you're looking at uh, the idea of culture? I think it's important, right? Is that that's when we can, you know, go back to the relationship piece for a second. You know, when we have a relationship with each other as team members, there's trust. When there's trust, you can push each other in a good way, right? I think in the end, it's a great result for a client because you get the best idea. And whether that means a business strategy or an interesting creative campaign um, or video script, I mean, I think that's when we do our best work is when there's a healthy tension mm-hmm. between the different roles and people. Now, I think how you handle that conflict <laughs> is important because, right, you know, 
to sit there and yell or slam the table, I'm not sure it's going to get to the best idea. Sure. But if you can work together and create almost like common rules or ways of, you know, expectations of how we're going to get there, I think it's important. But a little tension is always good. I think in the end, you get the best idea or the best outcome. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny because, uh, of course, when we talk about culture, a lot of times we're looking at sort of the the general population, if you will. But how much of culture and what that means and how it's utilized, really, in a lot of cases, how much of that goes back to the leadership and to the upper management and maybe the tone they set? Where, where would you put them as far as the importance of culture? I think it's key. I mean, right. They're not the only ones that are driving culture. It's a collective effort of everyone having a common you know, mission, vision, values, ways of working. But I think it's often, you know, the tone definitely is set by those in leadership. And it's an important piece to kind of take a look at your own self, but also what environment are you creating around you? You know, and how do you, what would make, you know, asking that question of what would make employees feel more energized or better taken care of or focused and and more inspired? I think those are things I ask myself weekly and then try to come up with new things that we're not doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's been an interesting conversation. Uh, We always like to give our guests here at the end the opportunity to give our listeners a takeaway, something from the conversation that you think is important to emphasize. Maybe it's a point we didn't touch on specifically, but again, something that maybe would be a good uh, talking point for our listeners after wrapping up this discussion. So the floor is yours here at the end for our show. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think just to iterate the points around really understanding and, and your own area of focus, where you want, what you want an employer, what you want an environment writing those down if you need to. But I think when you go into a place and really assessing if it's the right fit, you know, look at all these things we've talked about from collaboration to, you know, asking the questions, how are they life? How's this company life friendly to after hours? What do you do? (laughs) You know, or or do people spend time together after hours? Mm -hmm. I think that's a a sign, right? Are they going out to play on the soccer team or softball team or go grab a beer or something? You know, I think those are all things that depending Again, what you're looking for, we spend so much of our life here. So you got to find what you value the most and then, you know, hopefully find a great, successful career and path. I know for me personally, it's been been that and it's been a wild and fun ride um, after 15 years. So. All right. Well, if, if it works for you, hopefully that means everybody else understands the importance of culture and, and what it means for your personal success as well as your organization. Unfortunately, that will do it for us here on Employment Notebook. Again, we've been discussing the signs that maybe your company has a culture problem and some steps to help you turn that around. Our expert guest has been Martha Highfield from the company Possible. Martha is the president in their Seattle office. Martha, thanks again for bringing us your perspective on this subject today. We do appreciate it. Thank you. And as always, for those listening, go ahead and send us some suggestions and feedback to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. We always love to hear from you. You can also connect with us on Twitter. You can find us at the LJN. You can also use hashtag LJNRadio to engage in some conversations there as well. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.